Welcome back to the last episode of 64, a chess podcast in 2021. I'm your host, David, as always, coming at you live from Copenhagen, Denmark. I'm joined today by WFM, Sovi Moore Suzuki. They are a pretty competitive tournament player. And uh, we've been trying to uh, we've been trying to do a podcast episode. We actually recorded one in July. Unfortunately, the audio corrupted on Zoom. It's very weird. Something after the first ten minutes, there was just no real salvageable uh, sound from. I think it was from my end. So it was just very awkward. So uh, I'm a man of my word. We are recording again. And uh, so, how's it going? I'm good. Feeling good. How about you? I'm doing great. I was on hiatus. I went back home to New York where um, the coronavirus was surging. I left Denmark. It was surging in Denmark. I landed in New York. Suddenly, New York became the capital of COVID in the world. And now I'm back in Denmark where they recorded 23,000 cases today. So it's pretty crazy here. Um, not how I intended to spend my New Year's, but uh, it is what it is. We have chess to keep us busy. That's all that matters. Um, I just want to say a couple of words. First of all, it is 2021, uh, the end of 2021, I should say. And um, I'm very grateful to everybody who's listened, whether this is your first episode or you've listened to every single one. I'm very grateful for all the support throughout the years. And uh, I hope to make even better content in uh, 2022. So thanks so much. Uh, speaking of you know yearly stuff, don't forget to check out Aim Chess's yearly recap if you want to see and evaluate your chess from a more analytical standpoint than what you might have with typical tools. And speaking of Aim Chess, Aim Chess has totally been redesigned. Interface is brand new. Uh, you can use Aim Chess uh, even if you don't have a linked account on chess.com, Lee Chess, Chess24. So everybody can use it now. Uh, the tactics algorithm has been changed to be adaptive. There's personalized repetition, there's personalized motives for people. You can now pay for it with Google Pay and Apple Pay. Um, the engine has been updated. The study section, which I've plugged when it just came out, has been changed to an explore section. And there is even a chess player of the day every single day on Aim Chess. So they've done a lot of great work. As always, you can use code DAVID30 to get 30% off your first month with Aim Chess if you haven't tried that out yet. And if you have, uh, maybe try using the code again um, because the code redemptions helped me a lot. Um, helps me support my podcast. So I want to just thank Aim Chess for supporting the podcast as always. Um, and yeah, I guess uh, with all that being said, let's uh, let's start talking a little bit about you. So how was your how was your chess in 2021? I guess. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to remember. It's been a while since I played like that much chess. Well, it was I played a lot of chess at the beginning of the year and stuff because I I took a gap year. So I played a lot of chess at the beginning, um, but then I wasn't, well, not, well, the first half of the year, I guess. And then when I went to college, I didn't have time and stuff. So it was a little rough, you know, but um, yeah, I really miss chess. I want to get back into it. <laughs> well, you have a break now. I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's weird now with the COVID situation, like are our tournaments still going around in, in, New, in like America? I don't even know. I'm so far removed from all of this now. Oh yeah, that was. I'm really scared about that too. Um, scared of playing or scared of? Uh... Or s scared of COVID. Yeah, that's fair. It's tough. I mean, it's. I I, I know here. Like, I was gonna play in a, in a like a club championship in Denmark 
in two weeks from now and it's gotten shut down until further notice so maybe it'll start up on time maybe not i don't really know it's it's kind of crazy um i mean there is like literally as we speak there is over the board blitz tournament in poland right now which was one of the first countries to have like strict COVID rules um for this wave of this autumn winter wave so it's a it's a little interesting um how how people make these decisions Mm-hmm. Cannot be, cannot be more upset about how my country is doing right now. Really, um, yeah, I'm stuck in New York at the moment, and really couldn't be. I couldn't probably not be more upset right right now. Yeah, it's that. it's really crazy. It's like, you know, and I, I flew out of Denmark, and all the like the media headlines in Europe were saying, you know, Denmark. I had family in Israel tell me like. Oh, are you okay? Are you, you know, we were reading it's so bad. And my, my Russian family too was like texting me, we've read it's so bad. And then I land in New York and suddenly I have friends texting me like the next day, like, oh, we can't see you. Like we have COVID or our roommate has COVID or something. I was just like insane. Like how many people I've known who've been sick in like New York City. And I was there for like 10 days. So it was just like absurd. It's really not been good. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> It also kind of feels like, you know, full circle in a way, which is sad because I remember one of the first things I talked about on my podcast was like kind of about, I think my, my very first guest was, was James Canty, who's currently doing commentary for the World Blitz Championships. And uh, I asked him like, like, what's, uh, what's your tournament schedule going to be like with COVID? And we kind of talked about the optimism there. And here we are in end of December, 2021. And it's still the thing people talk about. So it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, I'm just unbelievable, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, have you been following uh, like top top? We'll get to, we'll talk a little bit more about you. You played in the, I think it was a U.S. Juniors Women's Championship, correct? This yeah. Couple, yeah, and uh, I do want to talk about that. We did actually cover that in our unreleased archive uh, corrupted episode, um, but I do want to. T- I still want to get that on the podcast. But I want to start by asking you: Is how much did you follow like quote unquote top level chess in 2021? Really, not at all. Not at all. So you had yeah. no, you had like no opinions about the, uh, like the the championship match. Well, barely. I mean, like everything I know about like, stuff I saw on social media, like it. Was, I didn't really take any extra mm-hmm. follow it myself, you know. Yeah. Well, the good news is there's like six games you can watch and enjoy um, from that match seven actually yeah it's uh i don't know it was it was i i followed every every game this like i followed the car i don't know if you followed the caruana match and it, it felt to me like there was a lot more people like with eyes on that match this year i followed oh you mean the caruana match from like three years ago yeah yeah i followed that more i think i'm i'm trying to remember the details i, I yeah i think i followed that more mm-hmm. Yeah, with the, the 12 straight draws and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's been a, it's been an interesting year for chess for sure. Um and uh I don't know. What are I guess what are your plans for for 2022 in terms of chess? Just trying to get back over the board? Do you have any rating goals or Oh, I've always wanted to like be able to qualify for more national level tournaments. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like similar things like the US yeah i've always wanted to be able to qualify for those tournaments mainly but um 
Yeah, I don't know, like, like, or just invitational, like, national level tournaments in general. But like, yeah, um, I want to get over like twenty three hundred. What help? Um, Do you want to get over twenty three hundred? Yeah, I want to play in like more FIDE tournaments too. Um, yeah, and I don't know. Now, how how easy is it to to play FIDE tournaments in America? Are they as common as like they would be in like Europe, for example? Uh, no, not really. No, um, like a few clubs have them or like have FIDE events, but you know they always take up a lot of time and stuff. Um, also, like I think it's part of the reason. Well, I guess on that particular topic, also like. Yeah, I think in America, most of the feeder rated tournaments are like the big open tournaments. Yeah, that, definitely. Like, <laughs> usually you need to travel to and stuff. Um, and like they cost a lot of money to enter and stuff like that. So yeah, it's kind of hard to play in those. And yeah. No. So there's no chance we'll see you at uh, at the Chicago Open or World Open or something like that? I don't know. I mean, the World Open, like, maybe, but it really depends on a lot of things. The Chicago Open, I don't know. I just, I don't know about anything yet. <laughs> yeah, it's hard, it's really hard to, to telegraph with all this uh, COVID stuff, too. It makes it so much harder. Yeah, definitely keeping an eye on that. Yeah, that's all you can really do, right? Have you have you been able, you know, being in, in college now, have you been able to work on your chess at all? Or has it really just been like, you know, to, to the backseat? No, I haven't been able to work on my chess. It's so sad. Um, yeah, I haven't. I feel like I got a lot worse at chess. I really, it's not the case, but I just, yeah, have like kind of bad feeling about it. I hope that's not true, but yeah, I hope well, I, I can like perform when I get back over the board just even just a little bit but I guess um you talk talking a bit about um like over the board chess so you played um I think you your I would say probably most notable tournament um this year unless I'm wrong you played in this uh mm -hmm. the US uh, junior women's championship um I I don't remember I I, I should have done the the research but it's been a very long day um i uh i just i wonder if you could just give me and, and the 64 fans a little recap of how that tournament went i mean i think like overall yeah overall um i got I'm, i think five points or five i think it was five yeah i don't i don't even remember myself <laughs> but i think i got five points um it was so disappointing though because like the last round games were the most painful and yeah, like I don't even want to explain what happened if anybody was following, you know, but mm -hmm. it wasn't really the good kind of five points if you know, like, I mean, I feel like that's not a bad result overall though. Um, yeah, but it could have been a lot better and I really just want another chance to be able to like do better. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's still very cool that you got to play basically in like one of these real top-level tournaments in, in America, though. I think that's something you should definitely be proud of. Yeah, I'm, I always get so excited for that tournament. It's like, like I, I love playing in St. Louis so much. And like the chess club's really awesome. And just like the whole vibe is really cool and stuff. And yeah, I mean, that in itself is an opportunity that I, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I was, I, I just made sure I couldn't miss it. Cause like, I actually delayed like going to college, like <laughs> just to be able to play in that tournament. Like we had to email like the, I, I think like, I, I forget, I forget who we had to email for that, but like, yeah, whoever dealt with that, you know, mm -hmm. like after taking a gap year, like we're supposed to return in like the summer at latest, but then that means I couldn't play in this tournament and I didn't want to miss it. So like I intentionally like, you know, emailed and told them about it and yeah. Yeah. So I got a chance to plan that tournament just by sheer luck, I guess. Um, but yeah, that's one of those terms I just never want to miss because it's always, it's always like, I don't know, the place always makes me so happy and like just the tournament. I just want, I always like to have that, a chance to play against really strong opposition and like in that sort of environment. Like, I don't know, I think it's kind of cool. Like you get um, live commentary and like cameras and stuff, which is, well, I mean, it depends on how well you do and stuff, but um could either be really cool or really embarrassing, but I also, I don't know. I love getting interviewed. Yeah. Well, that you're on a podcast sad. Now. Yeah. It, it always, that's, that's why, like when I, especially when I didn't win games in like the last two rounds, I was so sad because I, because I couldn't get interviewed by like the broadcasting team and stuff. So like, that's, like if anything, like that's like that's one of the things I was looking forward to the most. That's what it's all for. That's why we started yeah. playing chess. That's the reason I. That's the reason I haven't quit chess yet. That, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. The only reason I made this podcast <laughs> is because I want uh, Ben Johnson of Perpetual Chess Podcast to interview me. Once he interviews I want me, that too. yeah. Once he interviews, so once he like interviews both of us, we can just retire. We're we're done. Like that's My life like is the complete. exactly. It's like the, the goat of, by the way, I recorded an episode with him a couple of months ago. You should check that out. Um, listeners, if you haven't. Yeah, I think, and this wasn't your first time playing in it either. Like, uh, I, I believe you also played in it in 2020. And there are, like you said, there are some really strong players, like like International Master Annie Wang, uh, Carissa Yip, I think, won this year. Am I wrong? Um, it was in 2020. Also ah. in 2019 and 2018. Right. Carissa, by the way, um, this is a fun fact. Um, I don't think anybody knows. Uh, I, I mean, I haven't never been able to verify this, but my first chess coach, who I did like Zoom lessons with, he was lived in Serbia. His name is Alexander Andjelovic. I don't know if I've talked about him on the podcast at all. Great guy. Uh, missed lessons with him. Uh, have a new coach now, but um, anyway, he, one of his students at some point was Carissa. So, you know we're both uh you know we have a little uh chess connection there somehow 
I mean, I, I remember he had mentioned it offhand in like our second lesson that I, I didn't really know. I was just like, oh, young, young, talented player. Okay. But like, what does it have to do with me? Because I was still learning basically how to play chess. Uh, and now, now I see her name like all the time, like, you know, as one of like, so it's, it's pretty cool. I don't know. Small world in chess, I guess. That technically counts as one degree of separation. Yeah. 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 It's always, uh, even, even like, uh, like my coach now, if my, when my coach tells me like some, like, you know, over the board stories about like, I don't know, so, some of these like grandmasters that you hear like amazing things like, like Tibor Gareev. Uh, for example, who like is like the blindfold legend, like blindfolded, like six. He played a blindfold simul against like sixty something people, like, and my my coach apparently like played against him in some some like Dallas Open or something, UT Dallas Open, and uh, he he told me that like Timur Gurev would wear like a like a Pikachu onesie to breakfast. That's like you know that's that's pretty awesome, and that's like that's like I don't know. It's chess is really a small world. I kind of also I think about like you know how how big like the whole streaming thing is now, and how like chess is really such a small world compared to like uh, you know something like League of Legends or whatever. But like a lot of the fans who are coming to chess now come from those spheres, and so it's just like uh, I think they they think that it's like a much bigger place than it really is. You know, I don't know if you can relate to that at all. Yeah, I I mean. It's becoming bigger because it's been growing a lot and stuff, but yeah, I guess, I mean, definitely agree. It's still small compared to like more established games or that are considered like part of the video game community, particularly because chess is kind of in sort of a middle ground. Um, like it's kind of considered a video game or part of like adjacent, I guess, but it's not exactly considered a video game the same way that league of legends is or something right. on along those lines so kind of in, it's kind of in the middle ground so it's yeah now That's, question do you see yourself as a gamer not anymore i used to be a gamer kind of really what did you supply yeah i had like a few gamer phases um <laughs> So I, at first, like I, I was into Minecraft and Five Nights at Freddy's and I was, I was really good at Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, I was thinking of making a YouTube channel to upload like, you know, all my successful, you know, completing all the hardest levels and stuff. I was thinking about doing that. Um, I never figured out how to record it, which is really sad. Yeah. I that a lot. Um, and then like later on, I tried out, like, I remember I tried out CSGO. I forgot other games I might've tried out. I remember being really bad at that though. CSGO is hard. Yeah. I also like, I was so put off by the toxic community and stuff. Like there were people who were just like, I feel like saying mean things to me for no reason. I yeah. Was, it's unreal. It's, it's absolutely, no. it's absolutely unreal. Because, you know, like, if you play, like, people are, I found were always really toxic in, like, League of Legends. When you'd switch to, like, a similar game like Dota, I, at least at, when I was playing it, it didn't feel like it was as toxic because people could just hop on a mic and yell at you if you started talking bad to them. Then they turn on their mic. 
But then I, I felt like in Dota, there's kind of this unspoken rule. Like, you do your thing and nobody's going to, like, yell at you. But CSGO, it's like, literally, people will just say horrible things. Like, oh, like they'll just say horrible things to you, like, over, like, a, the voice chat. Like, for no reason. And I never liked that. Yeah, and it's so distracting, too. Like, how, the, how, are, you supposed, how are you supposed to actually, like, play your game well when there are people shouting at time like it's yeah. just yeah. how is that even possible i mean i guess you have to get used to it or something but i just i don't know i i quit really fast though um now i just like basically play chess and yeah i don't really play any other games at the moment so have you looked at the new minecraft uh updates last few years i haven't played i haven't i haven't kept up with that in like a while i'm not going to lie i still play minecraft pretty regularly like even my my roommate here is uh, is is like a Minecraft god, absolute like Minecraft like Chad like I've never like we we were like uh like his name is Jack and Jack was like at one point like yeah we should we should play Minecraft together and I was kind of like I didn't think he was serious because like yeah he plays like other games like Overwatch and stuff but then one day he's like yeah let's let's open the server and like let's play Minecraft so we we start playing like online and this man is like just building all this stuff and i hadn't like seriously played minecraft in like a year or two like you know and there's just all these like there's these new caves like all the caves look different there's like a bunch of new animals like all these i was just like what the hell happened here that's something i like about chess too if you leave chess for two years the game hasn't changed much you know maybe if you're like super top level and there's some new novelty in like the catalan that you need to know but like that's it you're like the game hasn't changed it's not gonna be like patch notes to chess in like two years that's something I, th I really like about chess, actually. Yeah, I think, like, that's pretty much the case um, for anyone who isn't, like, a really top-level player. Like, I, I mean, top-level players, I imagine, have to, like, keep up with chess, you know, at least check in with it, like, pretty often because, like, openings are super important and stuff like that for them. But then for me, like, I could just quit for two years and then, like, come back and, you know... I don't know. I mean, I'd probably still be rusty and then perform worse because I haven't had practice, but it wouldn't be because I haven't been like following all the top level games. Yeah, I remember this summer when Kasparov was trying to play these like uh, rapid and blitz events, all the criticism he got from these other guys was like, oh, he's playing openings that we've already figured out from the 90s that he, he's still playing these same stuff from 30 years ago that are considered like old lines that they've all known and analyzed and they know the best moves and they're just crushing him because they're like old lines which i just thought was hilarious like he like he, it wasn't even that he was necessarily playing bad he was just playing like bad openings because that's what he knew like 30 years ago and then was like the commentators saying that it was the commentators, it was like the people watching, like I know like Hikaru, <laughs> like I think Anand might have made a remark about it too. Some of the other people at the event were all kind of, it was like this repeated criticism because he was just getting destroyed. That really, really hurt to see. Um, but you know, it is what it is. He, he'll, he'll bounce back. I'm sure he'll play another event in St. Louis next year or something. It's always fun to see Gary at the board. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's been, uh, it, there, there's a lot to say about chess. I don't know, I... I I've been thinking just kind of uh, the whole year in in full. Even my, my year in chess, my year in, in like doing chess podcasting. My chess didn't improve that much. You'd think when you do a chess podcast, it's like, you know, a couple hours a day or so, you know, 10, 20 hours a week, sometimes even more. You'd think your chess would get a little better. Talk to you know, some by osmosis. You know, talk to grandmasters and all that. And no, nothing. Ah. Weird how that works, right? That's anticlimactic. I definitely got better, but like, 
I was kind of expecting more. This is the first year that I was like, kind of like, well, I have two days. You know, I can still hop on chess.com right now and try to make a final push towards some rating, whatever, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, a little anticlimactic. It's uh, but yeah, I'm 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 very happy with all how it all went. Um, I do want to mention actually to uh, the listeners, uh, I should probably do this now, uh, before we jump into the the little the fun the fun part of the episode. Um, in 2022, and this this may change if you're listening to this in like a year from now, but in 2022, I will be I have already launched a YouTube channel. It's called 64, a chess channel, tentatively. Um, you can find me on YouTube. If you, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I kind of have, I've kind of felt like in the last few months, like I need to like diversify my content, you know, cause I'm like a content creator. I'm saying that sarcastically. I don't mean that whatsoever. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I, you know, there's already a lot of chess podcasts out there. I'm still going to continue doing the podcast, but I'll be doing it with a video starting next year, um, uh, which I think will be nice. And then I, I want to do different kinds of podcast episodes too. And, um, also maybe just do some of my own game analysis some tutorials, you know, some streams. I don't know. I think it'll be fun, fun challenge. Um, so that's that's going to be 2022 for everybody. Um, I'm learning as we speak. I'm learning some uh, video editing software stuff. So I'll try to start having videos sometime in January, actually. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So yeah, I hope you all could stay along. How does that sound? So yeah, I'm and you're. Real- yeah, I'm supporting you in that entirely, 100%. And uh, you're, I know you are in my 64 podcast fan club on chess.com. Yes. So I don't know why more people haven't joined that. I Maybe if I need to get some more people, I could start doing like events and whatnot. Um, it's kind of a stupid name, but I couldn't think of anything better. So I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> um, you know, so so that's that's my, uh, my podcast uh, in year... But I think I think all in all, uh, I think it was a it was a pretty good year for chess. Though it seems like a lot of people got into it, a lot of people stayed. That was kind of the recurring thing for me. I actually I was going to ask you also like uh, it's kind of a trite thing, but I ask a lot of people about like like about the queen's gambit effect or whatnot. But I think it's already been like it's been over a year, and I it's clear to me that like that effect has lasted. Like a lot of my friends, they don't play that often, but they'll play a game on their phone every now and then, which I think is cool. Everybody's like just making it a part of their daily routine. That's just going to be the start of something nice, I think. You know? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I can't really speak about that. I've been playing chess. I've been playing chess since, like, 2014. So, like, I don't know. I can't. Personally, you know, the Queen's Gambit effect didn't personally do anything for me. I mean, I guess I've known people who've gone into chess because of that. Yeah, that's that's... That's very nice, though. Yeah, I, I was playing chess before then too, but uh, it's interesting how like I had some some friends who I've told the story a couple of times in my podcast, but like there was one guy in my sophomore year who like kind of like made fun of me for like you know staying in and like watching like chess videos, or I think I was playing some rapid games with chess.com. He's like, oh, it's a Friday night, you should be going out. And then like sometime last year, he like swiped on one of my stories, and he was like, hey, you want to like you want to like uh, teach me how to play chess. <laughs> So, oh my god, first of all, literally, like, do not anyone who who says who unironically thinks that because it's a Friday night you should be going out. Like, I was having a good time, that's trusted. all that matters, yeah, yeah, was... exactly. Like, 
Friday nights are just for having a good time in general. Like, exactly. Be like however you want to time. Like whether you're going out or staying in, like you know, mm-hmm. Friday night and you're having a good time. That's all that matters. It wasn't even that late. It was like 9 p.m. It was just like a <laughs> it was just a genuinely rude thing. And uh, but yeah, it's okay. We move. It's all good. <laughs> um. Anyway, I want to move on to the uh the, the the last section of the podcast. I'm gonna reinvent this, but I think we should give it a proper send off. It gave me a lot of mileage, a lot of memorable quotes. So we're gonna just do some. We're doing the instant insights. Um, this is a session of my podcast where I just kind of ask rapid fire questions. Um, I don't know how many of these you're gonna like, but we'll try it. Um, it's fun. It's just, uh, you know, you can make your answers as short or as long as you'd like. And uh, we'll just, are you ready to enter the instant insights chamber? Oh, let's do this. Yeah. Okay. So do you know how this works? Have you heard anything like this or so I'll just, uh, I'll just go in. I basically have to ask, refresh. Yeah. I'm basically just going to ask you eight questions. I actually have to, I'm going to make one up on the spot because one of them <laughs> was always Carlson or Nepo, but like that's over. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I guess I guess we'll just go right into it. First question I always ask, which I think says a lot about the kind of player you are, actually. Do you prefer knights or bishops? It depends on the time control. That's a great answer. Very good answer. So I assume blitz, you prefer the knight. Well, I mean, I think I think preferring the knight definitely in bullet. In blitz, it's kind of like a toss-up, mm-hmm. you know? Um in classical, usually bishops. I mean, there are obviously exceptions, which is which, like, you know, they're the more closed positions where, like, you know, knights are cool. But yeah, I mean, also it just depends on like the pieces that you have on the board too. Mm-hmm. You know, the queen and knight, for example, like especially if like your opponent has like an open king or something, or like weaknesses, like like outposts, anything like that. Those. Right. Are those have a good reputation. Having the queen and knight comp has a really good reputation. I also, th- yeah, I also think, um, like, if you have, like, a bishop pair against, like, a bishop knight, I don't think it's as strong as if it's, like, just bishop versus knight, and you get your bishops on the right spots. That's, like, that's, like, can be crushing. But uh, I, I do think of the bishop pair, I mean, I love my bishop pair. I'm, I'm, I'm fixing all my openings so I don't give up the bishop pair anymore. Used to play like the exchange with Lopez and all this stuff, and now I'm I'm no longer I, I I I respect the power of the bishop pair. Too many people in this podcast have told me to respect the bishop pair, so I'm respecting it. However, I do think there are a lot of exceptions, like you said, and uh, the knight is always going to be my favorite chess piece. So it is what it is. Yeah, it looks the coolest. Yeah, I mean it's uh yeah it's 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 the you it looks like a horse. I mean the bishop doesn't look like a bishop. Maybe if you like close your eyes, you could pretend it kind of looks like the hat. But come on, look really closely. Yeah, there is a there is an actual bishop hiding underneath that piece, you know. Yeah. Anyway, I think it would look weird if it was like a real person too. I think all the chess pieces would look. I like the abstract nature of the pieces. I mean, the Lewis chess men are cool, I guess. Be right back. Gonna go dress up as a chess piece. Um... (laughs) And dress up as a rook. Yeah. Um, I guess the uh, next question I'll ask um, is, where's your favorite place that you've ever played chess? Um, oh my gosh. Um, like all the national tournaments, really. Like St. Louis. Um, there's also like, what I forget. Oh, 
whatever that place was in Florida. I don't know. It was like the K to 12 grade championships were held there a lot. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I haven't played chess that long. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> those are, oh yeah. There's also like a huge hotel in Nashville. Also, you know, there were a lot of national tournaments held there. And like the hotel was awesome and it looked like really like it like it looked like it didn't like at first when I got there, like the first time I ever played there, like it didn't even look like a hotel. It like it was like a forest or something. Wow. <laughs> do you get uh do you get like uh like nervous when you go to over the board tournaments at all? Or do you feel like in your element? No, I get so. It's really bad. Like just I like me. Really nervous. I can't sleep sometimes. I have trouble sleeping, even though I really try. Um, and yeah, if I don't do well, I get even more like, well. Yeah. Partly yeah. nerves, but then partly also just, you know, being disappointed but yeah i always get really nervous actually if i do well i get really nervous too because i really because then it's like you know i get so close to like actually achieving what you know some a really like notable successful result so i put more pressure on myself (sighs) yeah i always i always prefer i always like if i had to have like a i would always rather have a really bad tournament than a really good tournament that ends in a disappointing way because that that's the kind of stuff that like always hurts me more I and mean, that's not just tournaments that's with like anything that i do like i would rather just like be terrible at something and uh just be like okay well it is what it is then like to get like some success build it up and then oh not quite that's always the, the hard one mm-hmm. i played this uh this uh i don't know if you used well i was posting on about twitter like throughout since i came back from denmark but um we had this uh profile picture deathmatch on uh on twitch that i streamed i streamed for four hours on my twitch uh the link by the way will be in my uh podcast uh description if you want to check on my twitch give me a follow would appreciate it um yeah i i uh that was that was hard i streamed for four hours uh the final score was like 19 and a half to three and a half so i didn't get adopted but that was tough but because I was doing so bad the whole time, I felt like, well, it couldn't get worse. <laughs> so I was just like, when I got a win, I was just like, you know, I felt, I don't know, dopamine went crazy. <laughs> yeah. The really bad like results are also disappointing, like, and definitely like hurt like long term too. Like I don't forget those. It's like the moderately bad results that are like sort of okay and perhaps better than like really than like starting well and having a really disappointing finish. Do you have uh oh well actually this is gonna be a question I'll ask you in a little bit. Um so I mean I guess I could skip. So this will be this nice segue. So typically I ask a different one first, but I'll just ask this now. Like what's the most memorable tournament you've ever played? It maybe in terms of results or in terms of like uh uh, just in terms of atmosphere or whatever, whatever you consider memorable, it's pretty open. Like I said, I don't know. 
Um, yeah, these are tough questions, I know. Yeah, there's a lot to choose from. The World Youth Championship in 2017 was up there. But that was memorable for, like, good reasons and bad reasons. Because that was another one where I had a really disappointing result, too. Yeah. Where, where was it taking Sorry. place? I mean, I started well and then had a really disappointing result. Oh, I see. And where was it? Yeah. Um, Uruguay. Wow. Nice. With, like, Montevideo or whatever? I think so, yeah. Wow, that's really, really cool. I always love about that about chess, how you think you get all this nice travel if you're good at it. Um, like, I want to play the Reykjavik Open like once a year, like when I'm in grad school. That's like my plan. That way I could just go to Iceland for a week and see all these grandmasters and get crushed by them. And annotate my games and be like, yeah, I'm improving. Just spend a ton of money on like losing chess games. Smart. Yeah, I wish I could still play in like those kind of tournaments, like national great nationals and stuff and like like the scholastic nationals and world youth those are always like the ones those are those are always some of my favorites but i'm like i can't play in those anymore that's how, really- how would you qualify for those like this year what would be the route oh oh i'm i can't because i'm too old to play in those so yeah. fortunate i thought like the the junior the junior championship though is uh what's the age i thought it was like 20 something Maybe I'm wrong. I can still play in that one. Yeah. Well, uh, next question. Who's your favorite chess player of all time? <laughs> Duda? Yeah, I had a Duda stand phase. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I remember we talked about that on the last, uh, the last episode. It's a shame that that didn't get... Uh... I do feel bad about that, by the way. <laughs> That's okay. I'm making up for it now. <laughs> no worries. I don't, I don't even remember anything about yeah. what we talked about or whatever. I remember like none of that. Um, I don't, I don't know who my favorite chess player is. I don't like follow top level chess enough to, to know. Yeah, that's I, fine. That's fine. I, think I, I, I thought, I think I did have an answer in mind. I just, I don't know. I probably have some idea. I just don't remember. I still like Duda. <laughs> yeah, we could go with that. Nobody's picked Duda, so. Um, just the three more questions. Actually, I have to yeah. make up one, but I'll see. Um, oh, please. oh, I'll, I'm, I'm. Yeah. Okay. First one is like, what's your favorite game that you've ever played? I don't know if it's, you have a certain memorable game against somebody, or I don't know. Uh, that might be a really hard one. Uh, but I'm just curious if you have a favorite game that you've played. Every game where I've ever sacrificed a rook. I don't know why, but like most of my like best wins come uh, involve me sacrificing a rook or an exchange in some way. I don't yeah. know. Exchange <laughs> sacrifice is just the most uh, satisfying thing in chess, I think. <laughs> I agree with you. Um, what's your f- most favorite game by someone else? I don't know if there's like a kind of, uh, if there's like one game you had to like, having a book for the rest of your life i guess what would it be other games where people sacrifice rooks nice probably some nice petrosian games or something in there um next question i'll ask what is your favorite opening um i like the sicilian but non non-specified because they're all interesting even the close sicilian Oh, definitely. 
I always felt like that's why I kind of stopped playing. The I could never find something satisfying against the closest Cecilia. It always just felt like my my opponents would just get to my king first before I could do anything. A little little frustrating. I'm sure there's like a way to play, but I, you know I'm not I'm not strong enough. So that was uh, kind of a hard one for me. Although I, in the summer I bought this Anishigiri Dragon Sicilian course, and it's very positional actually. I was surprised because typically when you're playing the dragon, it's like you know sack sack mate, but um, but um, no, this one is like extremely positional, like playing for like you know pawn play and stuff. It's a little surprising. Probably good though. I should have probably finished it. Yeah, that's what's so interesting about the system. Like, like it's not like it has like a really sharp reputation, but it's not you know. Mm -hmm. It's it, it also has like more solid side to it but but also like it's that doesn't mean it's boring it means it's still like those kind of positions are still really interesting too yeah solid is good yeah just like like it's often solid positions but there's still pawn imbalances and like pawn structure like kind of quirks that you could only see in the that's very true actually that's i think that's that's um that's kind of that's kind of like what i I, I, I that's why I told one of my friends to start playing like the con Sicilian because I think it's kind of simple and uh he's like you know 1500 for something so I and I was like yeah you should you should learn a Sicilian why not and that one is like you know it's pretty simple solid enough but has all these imbalances that will always make a game interesting I have thought of my last question for you by the way um you know 2021 is almost in the books as we're recording this you know Probably will upload this on the 30th or 31st, I hope, of 2021. Hopefully I'm not wrong. Um, what do you want to see from the chess world in 2022? I want to be able to create an impact in the chess world myself. Like, um, I'm not sure how. Well, I mean, I have, um, but I, I don't know. I feel like, like, I feel like I'm promising stuff and then like it won't happen or something. And then there'll be. That'll be unfortunate. Um, no, I have, I do have, um, I just like hope to make some sort of impact and um, yeah, I, I definitely like hope that I could become an advocate for the chess community. Yeah, that would be lovely. Yeah, no, you're not coming. You don't have to feel like you're committed to anything. It's uh, you know, it takes time and and stuff like that. But uh, but that's, that's some some strong words to to end the year with. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess uh, it's nice to ask you like what your I don't know. Maybe you should ask a bonus question. Do you have any New Year's resolutions? Uh... <laughs> I haven't thought about mine yet. Actually, I have. I want to read more books. I haven't really read a book for fun in a long time, except a chess book. So I wanted to actually start reading again. I read a lot of news. I read a lot of like magazines, but I don't actually read like much just stories for my own enjoyment. I definitely had one. Well, not really something that I wanted to accomplish or not necessarily accomplish something. Um, and of course, I don't remember it right now. But. <laughs> well, what's important is that you have one because a lot of people don't. But, you know, having one as a start, keeping to it is another story. Probably won't end up reading a book all of 2022, and that's okay. Ha. Huh. No books for me. Just uh, Boris Gelfand books. Those count. Yeah, they count. Um, anyway, it was a pleasure having you on. 
hope we could do it again. Um, hope you're uh, you're doing well, staying safe in New York. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a crazy year, I guess, ups and downs for sure. But um, 64 podcasts. I've been here since March, and I'm not going away. I'll be back bigger and better in 2022. Um, so I want to thank all my listeners for a great year. Uh, I've had something like 11 or 12,000 streams across all platforms this year, which is just way bigger than I even could have imagined. I want to thank each and every one of my guests, including you, Sal, but also um, everyone who, you know, from the persons I DM'd on my Twitter to my chess coach to just anybody who helped me get this off the ground. Um, I want to just thank everybody for helping me grow this thing. Uh, I want to thank my sponsor, AimChess. As always, you can use code DAVID30 to get 30% off your first month with AimChess. I also want to thank my platinum patron, Paul Harbright, uh, for supporting me on Patreon. Uh, the link is in the description. I didn't really mention this in the beginning, but if you want to support me on Patreon, it's there. Um, you can check out all the details there, um, of course. Uh, thanks for a great year, guys. Uh, so thanks for the interview. And... Um, I'll talk to you soon. And uh, fellas, it's been a great year and uh, we'll run it back in 2022. So thanks everybody for listening to 64 at Chess Podcast. Uh, and I will see you guys in 2022. See you next year. Ha! Huh? You could say it too. See you next year, everybody. Yeah, that's, that's the best thing to end a year with. So thanks everybody. And I will talk to you next year. Bye-bye. <laughs>